Hey, what's going on, you guys? This is episode 18 of the Navi Design Podcast. And this episode is all about the power of prophecy. Uh, I'm just going to say this. Uh, this episode is what happens when you get two INFPs on a podcast together and it just gets hecka deep and uh, we just start talking about all sorts of crazy things. But anyways, in this episode, I sit down with my good friend Lydia Yoon. Lydia is a singer and songwriter that's based out of here in Atlanta, Georgia. She is also a co-pastor with her husband, John Yoon, and she's also a mother of three beautiful little girls. Um, really, you guys, this episode I feel like is so pertinent for the time and the hour. Um, I think right now, so many people don't know what to believe because it almost feels like we're in an analysis paralysis of so much different information. And I think that the heart of this episode is really about how do we hear from God? How do we get in relationship with Him so that we can hear His voice and share that with the world? I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Check it out. Hey, what is going on, you guys? Um, this is another episode of the Nobby Design Podcast. And uh, this episode, I have a good friend, Lydia Yoon. Lydia, would you like to say hello? Hello. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Come on now. Well, and, and I just want to introduce this podcast right off the bat because, okay, number one, you know, the name of the podcast is Nabi Design. Mm -hmm. And uh, in one of my episodes, I talk about, you know, Nabi having this dualistic meaning of being the Hebrew word for prophet, um, but also being the Korean word for butterfly. It's awesome. You know, and, um, and so, yeah, so just right off the bat, I mean, you know, the name of the podcast itself is really around um, human development, spiritual intelligence, and really unpacking meaning uh, through dialogue and story. And so, yeah, so that's that. But number two, um, today we are talking about a topic. I'm going to be really honest. <laughs> I've been keeping this in the chamber and I'm not even joking because, you know, knowing me, I would have wanted to record this episode. So this episode is going to be on the power of prophecy uh, and we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be kind of defining and unpacking it. But yeah, I I, I've been waiting to talk about this topic. And literally this last week, uh, as I brought it, as you know, I felt it kind of brought to my attention again. Uh, I thought about Lydia and I was like, you know what? I, I really feel like Lydia is the right person uh, to connect uh, on this topic. And so, yeah. Uh, without further ado, uh, I would love for you, Lydia, um, just to share a little bit about your life, about yourself uh, with people who are listening. And if you want to weave it in, maybe just a little bit of how you were introduced to the prophetic and even kind of spiritual things. Yeah. Um, first of all, you can be doing this podcast all by yourself, Andy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm just glad to be here and just be talking about it together. I think it's the best when, you know, we just bounce off each other. Um, I would say, like in terms of spiritual things, uh, I was born in that context because my dad had a really radical con uh, conversion. Mm. And, um, and so like his ministry was very outside of the box. Like he was like Sunday services looked crazy, you know, demon possession and, you know, like wow. deliverance, like healings just happening every week. Um, uh, so like spiritual stuff, I was always close to, wow. but um, it wasn't until probably my early college years where my dad's disciple from Korea mm. came um, to to our church to um, host the, you know, do one of those, like, it was the KM revival, you know, and yeah. you know, I was serving under my dad, um, in, uh, translating as well as leading worship. Wow. Um, and so, and he even told me like, there's something really unique about translating, especially when you're up there at this stage is that the anointing flows through. And he had been discipled uh, through another, like a prophetic circle in Korea Mm. really tied uh, close tightly to no closely tied to like mm. the house of prayer network mm. and um so he started introducing to me not even in the context of prophecy because he didn't label it that way he just posed this question he said 
uh, what you believe that prayer is conversation with God. And I said, of course. And he says, um, how much time do you allot to him speaking back to you? If you believe Uh it's converse, (laughs) if you believe it's conversation, then how much of it is going back and forth? Mm. And I was kind of mind blown. I mean, like I have been a Christian all my life and I'm like, Oh, like I was so cut and I felt so sorry to God because I realized that I was that friend that I only hang out with you and talk about me the whole time. (laughs) Um, But yet God's been so good. And there was not a lick of condemnation. It's just like that awe of like, wow, God, you've been dealing with that and you Mm. haven't been bitter. You've Mm. just been meeting me every single time I came to you. But all the more that turned my heart to him and be like, wait, but I want to know what's on your heart. I want to know what you want to say to me. And literally second to salvation, this Mm. is the thing that has changed and guided my life. Wow. All like, yes, this, this is my bread and butter. And Mm. I I don't even have to say it to you because we live in this realm, right? Like this, um, yeah, this is my life. Like, and I, I like to, I don't, even when I teach it, I teach it more in the context of hearing the voice of God and developing friendship with him. Wow. Not, not prophecy because it really has a bad rap. And I think people already bring in like their preconceived notions of what that can be. And it's such an impersonal way Mm. of talking about hearing God's voice, you know, it's like, as if this gift you can apply apart from relationship with him, but which is scary because you actually can't. Wow. And and it it feels more like, like psychic reading. Yeah, exactly. It's so scary because that you can see that happening. And those are Mm. like the Simon, the sorcerers that all over riddled the church, right? Like, and they're the ones who actually give a bad rap to the prophetic gift and like the prophetic ministry, because they're not doing it in like a lot. And, and I, I'm going, I'm going to own it up too. You know, I like yeah. in my immature days, I'm sure I used it that way. I'm yeah. sure I was like more fancied with the gift than the heart of God. That was, he was really trying to relay Wow. in my earlier years. And so I'm not going to say they like that, that, that was me. And it's us still growing and maturing in the use of the prophetic gift. But that's why I don't like even saying the word, prophecy or prophetic i would just say this is the heart of god this is what he's Mm -hmm. saying to us and this is his heart for us this is his message for us and Mm. and the more i think that we uh man just focus on what it really is about right because the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of jesus that's what the bible says it's it's supposed to lead you to jesus Mm. but we've been so warped in like because spiritual things are really fascinating. <laughs> yes. They're so fascinating. Yeah. Like it's what I found was insane is that even revelation, like we mm. can get so hooked on revelation apart mm. from relationship with Jesus. Yes. Like what the yes. heck is that? Like, wow. <laughs> that's like, like you're so fancied. You're so like infatuated with these spiritual things. And yes, it does feel godly, but then Mm. it's a very fine line when you're letting those things really grow your love and affection for something else other than Jesus. Wow. Well, in, in true INFP fashion, we just went a hundred feet deep in a matter <laughs> of like five minutes. <laughs> really, I, I joke with Lydia all the time. I'm like, yo, when you put the two of us, cause we're both Myers-Briggs INFPs. I'm like, somehow we end up in subatomic, like super level, depth uh in a mat no i love it though i mean what you just said is so profound i want to hit on it real quick and then i want to share something but i mean in essence lydia what you're you mean and you just dove right in right you're like um for you the you know the let's just say the understanding of the spiritual realm was you kind of grew up in it because you Mm -hmm. were living in it right so Mm -hmm you knew just by sheer experience on Sunday service that there must be something beyond this natural world. Right. But then for you, it was actually in college when you had this personal encounter with the Lord and it became less about the spiritual, let's just say manifestation Mm -hmm. and more about the friendship and the love and the relationship that kind of wrecked your world. Right. Mm. And I really feel like, so sorry, guys, my grandma keeps calling me and I <laughs> turned off the notification. Anyways, sorry, but, um, but 
but yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, what I, what I hear you saying is that, you know, the danger sometimes, and maybe even the, the distaste of, you know, prophecy and, and, and that nature can be that we've kind of exercised the gift departed from the essence of what it was meant to be about, which is really relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to say that, um, my journey, my entire prophetic journey from my early college years to now, which I can't even calculate well, how many years, <laughs> many, <laughs> yeah, some, some years, right. Um, that's what led me to this revelation about it being, it's, it's really sourced, like it's really sourced in the friendship with Amen. Jesus. Amen. It, it was a long journey. And so mm-hmm. I don't want to scare anyone from like taking steps, the necessary steps in fear that they're not going to get it right because I'm, I'm owning up to the fact that I didn't have it right. But mm-hmm. it was still in the heart of the father to be like, you know what, even if you, you don't have the purest intentions, you know, yeah. I'm still going to let you practice and grow because mm-hmm. in the end, I am going to lead you. I'm going to wow. refine you as long as you're humbling yourself, as long as you're staying in conversation with me, wow. I'm the good shepherd to lead wow. you. And I'm the, I'm the gardener to prune the things that are not, you know, are not bearing fruit. And so I'm just thankful that like, that's who he is, you know, mm-hmm. like he, he doesn't like hold things over our heads, like, He's just so big in his goodness mm. that he will cover, right? Mercy and goodness will follow us all the days of our lives. And that's because mercy picks up after the things that we mess up. And then, you know, goodness, like he's giving to us what we don't deserve. Mm. And I, and so again, like, I think that's like a snapshot of it, but it was a long journey for me to even realize that, like, to, catch the heart of God, mm. not for myself, not for yeah. other people even, but for yeah. him, simply wow. for him. And then that revel, and then even it took time for that revelation to be applied in my life and ministry. Like ha- getting the revelation is one thing, but then to live it out is another thing. Yeah. And so I'm still in the process of growing in that and learning to be, to live in integrity of what I now know mm. about um, true prophetic ministry that builds up the body? Well, I I think there's two really profound things that are kind of trapped in or like locked in what you just said, right? Is, you know, for me, as I'm listening to you, even the reality that we can be friends with God or that God calls us friend, Mm -hmm. I feel like that statement alone is like incredibly profound. Mm, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I feel like, you know, yeah, I don't know. I know for me, especially like mm-hmm. growing up as well, like that concept or that truth that like, oh, I can even have a relationship with God. Like that's mm-hmm. so kind of mind blowing in and of itself, because really what you're saying as you're talking about prophetic being less about the gifting and it's less about necess- it's less about the information, but it's more about the relationship, yeah. right? like really locked up in what you're saying is this deep, profound truth that God actually wants to relate with us Mm -hmm. and he wants to be our friend. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything you want to say about that? Oh man, it's, it's really mind blowing. Like even you repeating that, like it, it just, you know, it really like touches you. Yeah. Like I, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it, yes. do, it really doesn't make sense that he, like, who is man that you are mindful of him? Mm. And and then even in our weak form, even when we don't have it right, even when our motives aren't pure, that he would go the extra mile to trust us with the secrets of his heart is, mm-hmm. is just so mind-blowing to me. But what I really, I think, am... And feeling or working to do is to begin to turn the hearts of like our hearts, turn the hearts of the people to, okay, so he's been a good friend to us. What does it look like to be a good friend to him? Come on now. Uh, man, it's it like, and I, this is what I go through, like for my hearing the voice of God, like seminars, right? It's like, I ask you, what does a good friend look like to you? 
mm. loyal, right? Mm-hmm. And he's stuck by you and unselfish and this. But then what does a bad friend look to you look like to you? It's like yeah. only comes to you when you need something, right? Only yeah. right, it's just like so selfish, only talks about themselves. Like everything it it literally ends up becoming becoming a list of characteristics of us mm. as a bad friend <laughs> mm. and then of God as a good friend. Mm. But then it's like, let's not stop there. Let's mm. not stop there. Let's let's sit and really like dwell in how good he's been to us and let that change us from the inside out and be like, wait, God, I don't want to be that bad friend. I don't want to stay that way anymore. I don't wow. want to keep talking about myself. I want to know what hurts you. I want to know your pain. I want to sit with you in your pain. I want to begin to agree with what you want. I want to like that whole prayer of like your will be done Mm. is not some religious prayer it's it's a prayer of a good friend (laughs) it's a prayer of someone who is in love it's like no i i prefer you i Mm. consider you Mm. and your ways and and your desires your dreams Mm. and yeah i don't even know where all this this is coming from but it's good yes you're 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 going deeper (laughs) (laughs) we're excavating more diamonds as we're going deeper I mean, you know, yeah, I think, I think just even kind of lingering on that truth of like, uh, here, here's basically what I'm trying to say, right, is I think more often than not, right, if, if a lot of us are really honest with ourselves, whether it's conscious or subconscious, a lot of us kind of have this subconscious view of God, not as a person, not as like a living, mm. sentient being that has feelings, thoughts, and emotion, and mm-hmm. who's real. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we look at him as God, as a figure. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to keep it super raw and real. This is what happens when you freaking get around INFPs. <laughs> this, the heart opens up. But, um, you know, if, I'm, if, if we're all keeping it real, I think, you know, even in a marriage relationship, right? Yeah. Like, I can, I can see Yuna as my wife. Mm-hmm. Or I can see her as Yuna. Mm. And it sounds so subtle on the surface, but it's like, sometimes I can relate to her as you're my wife and this is your position Mm -hmm. towards me, but it dehumanizes her sometimes Wow! because it makes her into, if we're really being honest, I'm turning her into a concept Mm. rather than a real vibrational person that Mm -hmm. is real and that is Yuna actually, you know? And so the moment I relate to her as Yuna and, you know, you know, there's even psychology around this, around why, when you call people by their name, it actually psychologically proven, it touches their heart wow. because you're actually, you're identifying the person, you're identifying who they mm-hmm. are. And I mean, I don't know, maybe that's why it's so profound that God, you know, revealed his name to Moses, right. Mm-hmm. Um, as Yahweh, cause he was like, man, I'm getting hit right now. But it's like, he was talking to Moses as his friend, right? And he's like, hey, you're my friend. So I want to tell you something. My name, this is my name. Because you've treated me like a friend. I want to tell you what my name is. And so, but anyway, so, I mean, I just think going back to even that, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes that's how we can be with God, right? It's like, we see him as God and it's more positional and conceptual but I think the profundity of what you're talking about, Lydia, is almost like the moment that we can just even choose to see him as a person, it does something to the dynamic of the relationship where I feel like it makes it feel real. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, man, I'm getting like all emotional. That was so beautiful the way you broke down Moses <laughs> and Yahweh, like his, his name. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh, and the whole time as you're talking, actually two, two prime relationships that he's been revealing this turning of the heart that mm. he's really trying to get at, right? Because that's what it is. That's you turning your heart to your wife, right? Mm. To Yuna, mm. <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's you turning your heart. And, and the first one for me was like the turning of your heart to your parents, yeah. right? So the way that we have that same uh, conception of our parents being just this just this 
presence in our lives that we take for granted. But then when you begin to turn your hearts towards them at a certain level of maturity where you're growing up now and you're like, wait, oh shoot, my mom is a woman. Yeah, she has needs Come and on. she has pain. She has loneliness. My my dad, well, he he is a man. Come on, and he has needs and he has all this, you know, the burdens that he's been carrying and the stress. And when you begin to see your parents in that light, like there's such a softness, there's such a a brokenness that you begin to feel on behalf of them. Mm. This new level of compassion and connection and empathy and like this, like, wow, I want to do anything and everything. Now I'm going to work my butt off and I'm going to make sure you have a good life the rest of your days. Whereas when I was a child, all I did was take from you. And all I did was complain about what you gave me. Right. And so this turning of the hearts, like ultimately he did it to me in layers. First, it was to my parents. And then it was to my husband as well, (laughs) where I was like, oh shoot, like I got, I got to really see him for who he is and not just take him for taken for granted as my husband and then Mm. but it was ultimately so that he could do this and create this narrative of of him revealing himself he's like look this is me as i am wow and that i feel like that's what god's been doing to me since last september where he's he's showing me himself in his humanity humanity Mm. in his pain and in the things that he's been carrying the things that i've been blinded to and it's so overwhelming that that it's because it actually even it's overwhelming in the sense that first it exposes my self-centeredness and it it exposes um how much that i was still unwilling to give up my own narrative (laughs) like i'm so i like it so much more when he comes to minister to me (laughs) wow but then even in the losses that we've been experiencing in our family, you know, first my uncle and then John's dad, God has been continually revealing himself in his pain, in his side of the story, even in the midst of my pain. And so that was the first time that happened. I was like, whoa, whoa, okay, hold on. You're flipping the tables on me right now. God, I need your comfort. But he's like, no, I need your comfort. Wow. And and it was, it was shocking to me, but it really put to the test what I believed about him and wow. what, what I say my faith and devotion lie on. And I'm so thankful for that. Okay. So three things that I'm gleaning, um, because, you know, even rewinding back a little bit when you were talking about the revelation that you had about your parents, right? You're like, Oh, my mom, my dad, they're not just mom and dad, but mm-hmm. like, and, and I like the way you prefaced it, Lydia, you were saying like, when I hit a level of maturity, mm-hmm. you were able to see them differently. And I feel like that's what it is too, is mm-hmm. really what, you, what you're talking about is that, you know, I think even in our spiritual journey, you know, there is, I would say a place of maturity that we, yeah. are, that we kind of, you know, walk into. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm reminded of, you know, John 15, 15, like no, no longer do I call you servants, but today I call you friends. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, I think Jesus was able to say that after he was, after he walked with them for so many yeah, years, that's good. you know, he's like, when I first met you, I just told you to follow me, right. but now I want you in my heart. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, I feel like it's the maturity that, that allows us to relate differently. And I mean, that's kind of what you were even alluding and connecting to with, with God. And then, you know, another thing that you were talking about, um, even just now about like, sometimes it's not so much like, what are we trying to get from God, but God actually desiring something from us. Yeah. And the only reason why I want to pause and linger here is because, you know, I think sometimes we, we've grown up with a picture of God and we hear things like God doesn't need anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like if we're, if we're being honest, like he is all self-sufficient in, yeah. in, in and of himself. Right. That's why he's, he was the uncreated one from, from mm-hmm. eternity past. Cause he didn't need anything, but I think maybe there's a better English word than need, but I think what you're talking about, Lydia, is the fact that he doesn't need anything but he desires something. Yes. Yes. And he desires 
us. Yeah. Oh, it's a voluntary love. Right. Yes. He doesn't and, want to have to tell you. It's and, and yes. any every woman can relate right. to this. Right. You don't want to spell it out to your husband. You yeah. just want your husband to know you so well that yeah. they can take the initiative to bless you mm-hmm. and to love you the way that you want. And like yeah. God is a lover. He, yeah. He's such a lover. And he's like, look, I, I am willing and my love will endure, you know, all the ages. Mm. And I'm going to love on you no matter what. But he's waiting for, for those voluntary lovers that are going to first recognize the way that he has loved mm. and then let that change them. And then to reciprocate and like bring it back to Jesus. And what's so crazy when that happens is that you it, like all pride just dissipates because mm. even the sacrifice is not a sacrifice that's because good you recognize that this like you are worthy like mm. this like this is all from you mm. and and what i have to give to you doesn't even become this like unwilling sacrifice but it becomes where you know where he's like trying to pull your teeth mm. you're not dragging your feet anymore you're throwing your crown at his feet mm. because you recognize this started from you Mm. and you're so worthy of it. And I want to love you the way that you loved me. Wow. I think this is so powerful and it's so radical in the sense that, you know, oftentimes I feel like Jesus doesn't feel relatable to us. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, but I think the way like, so even, even the way that you're talking about your relationship with Jesus it makes him feel real. Like, mm. like there's a reason why he's the son of God, his mm. divinity, but he's also called the son of man. And I think really what you're talking about is like, man, like, like it's almost like what you're saying is if we get a revelation of the desire he has for us, then that unlocks something inside of us that wants to relate back to him. Yeah. So good. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, this is good. This is so good. Um, you this is a little drop one of those son of God, son of man. I'm still lingering on that. One. I was like, <laughs> oh shoot, you're right. You know, that, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think it's good, Lydia, because you know, I, I, this is kind of shifting gears. This is kind of a little bit off topic, but not. And you'll see how it all mm-hmm. blends in. But like, <laughs> real quick, how I first met Lydia and her <laughs> husband John. True story. Okay, this is just a little bit of comic relief. So uh, they had just arrived to Kansas City. Was it back in 2015? I'm so bad with dates. I would, what is it? 20- it was probably somewhere around there. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, so John, and, uh, John and Lydia, uh, they you know, basically lived in New York, left everything to be on staff with YWAM and go through DTS and that whole thing. And uh, anyway, so the first day I met Lydia, I remember she was at the ping pong table at the Kansas City base with her first daughter, Addie, mm-hmm. who was, had to be less than one at the time, mm-hmm. or maybe no, one. I don't, no, 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 no. She was one and a half. One and a half. Okay. Yeah. She was standing. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, I saw Lydia and I was like, yo, who's this 13-year-old girl with the baby? <laughs> <laughs> you and everyone else in the world. <laughs> And I literally thought in my mind, I was like, one of two things. I was like, either she got pregnant at the age of 12 oh or that's, that's that little girl's older sister. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, we'd obviously get to know each other and say hello. And I'm like, oh, snap, you're the mom. And we're actually pr- pretty much the same age. <laughs> and uh, anyways, I just, I always poke fun. I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> um, no, but this is so good. I mean, you know, I think already you've already hit so many really like kind of chunky, you know, nuggets, uh, just even, I mean, really what you're doing is you're just talking about your own real authentic relationship Mm -hmm. and authenticity, you know, translates more than anything, but I guess just maybe shifting gears a little bit, Lydia, um, you know, as someone, right. The reason why I thought of you, even for this podcast is, you know, you are one of the people that I know that lives this out. Like this is your lifestyle, you know? And my question to you kind of in the, you know, topic of prophecy, right? Like we've already kind of defined it as prophecy is not about the gift, Mm -hmm. but it's really about the relationship. But I guess I'd like to ask you, like for you, Lydia, uh, what is prophecy and 
why do you think it's so important? Maybe even, um, yeah, why, why do you think it's so important? Yeah, just to reiterate, re- reiterate I, my definition of prophecy is conversation with God. Okay. And a, a very practical, practical way of conversing with God, the very basic and human way of conversing with God. And so just as you and I are going back and forth, you're asking me questions, you're giving me time to respond, you're asking for clarity, right? So even in that aspect, like people get stuck when they feel like God didn't answer or they don't get uh, a a clear understanding the first time and they stop talking to him. They take it like personally when in true human conversation, you would just be like, what did you say? Can you explain that a little bit more? Can you go into greater detail? Like it's not, it's not this hyper spiritual thing. It's literally just basic conversation with God. And the more you converse with him, the more you get to know him, the more you get to know him, the better friend, you get better friendship you can have. And so, yeah, just, I think humanizing him again and, Mm. um, and to relate to him on that level. Mm. And I think it's important because isn't this what, what Christianity is about? Like, isn't this, um, yeah, like I, a lot of the times I think back to, you know, what my relationship with God was like before I, I walked in this And again, I don't put that on myself because there is a time and place for our maturity to be able to handle that and begin to grow in it. Mm. And so I don't, I'm, I'm not condemning anyone out there who hasn't been walking in this. Maybe Mm. it's now, maybe God will bring you into this slowly and there's still time for you to grow in it. And so, Mm. um, I'm not saying anything about that, but what I am saying is that when we forego this gift that he's given us, Mm. we are just left to our own devices in our own minds. And what happened to me was when I look back in my journey before this, it was so powerless and it was, it was so, um, hard. It was so, um, it was powerless because I was left with my own thoughts Mm. and my thoughts suck. It's either my thoughts or demons thoughts, Mm. (laughs) like the enemy whispering into me. And so what do I have to say against that? Right. And of course we have the word of God, right? We like, do not walk in prophecy. If you don't know the word of God, (laughs) please, this is the foundation of beginning to identify God's voice and beginning the conversation with him. And Mm. so, so, you have the word of God, but if you're not even, if you're reading the word of God mm. apart from conversation with him, mm. namely prophecy, mm. namely prayer, mm. then you are limited, I would say, to the capacity of the religious leaders of Jesus's day. Mm. You are limited mm. to just your own interpretation of what that should look like. And then it even can harden your heart to when Jesus moves in a new way and God is moving in a new way. Mm. And you're like, Nope, I saw, I already know what that means. You know, like it's kind of scary, you know, and that's why he's given us both the Holy spirit and the word of God so that we don't lean on our own understanding, even of the word of God. Mm. And it's just, yeah, (laughs) I mean, I can go on forever. Yeah, It's so good. I mean, really what you're saying is like, if we're just reading the word just for like the text Mm -hmm. and almost for the information, and really what you're talking about is divorced from a living conversation. Yes. Right. And that's why you said namely prayer or even Mm -hmm. prophecy, right? Like, Like it's so significant for us to be praying as we're reading because it's almost like prayer keeps the dialogue going yeah, or like, or prayer engages the heart as you're reading, you know? Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, yeah. So really what you're saying is the reason why it's so important to even have this dialogue is that it, without it, it's not only powerless, but it becomes dry and even religious. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, and I think another way, I mean, I, the other thing that I was thinking about, even as you were sharing too, was even just John 15 abiding, right? Mm. Um, you know, really what you're talking about is if we're living our life based upon our own thoughts and our own directions and desires, mm-hmm. then really we're not abiding in him, mm. right? Because in John 15, it says, if my words abide in you and, and, 
or and you abide in me, you'll mm-hmm. bear much fruit. Yep. And so, okay, let, let's make this a little more practical down to earth. But like, so when the word or when his, his words and his conversation is becoming real to you, how have you seen that bear fruit in your life in the past? Whoa, um, that's a loaded <laughs> question. Are you or, asking or, or, for like or, testimonies? Or, yeah, or testimonies of when the voice of God was so real for you and the effects of that, of that word. Man, I don't even know where to start. I, I would like to separate Going through it. the archives. <laughs> yeah. First, it started actually in the context of me building my own friendship with him, right? So he would begin to speak to me through things around me, really affirming his love for me or mm. affirming his heart for me mm. because that I can't love him until I know his love. Mm. And so earlier on, I would, I would say that most of what he was speaking to me was for me. He was mm. ministering to me, mm. but then at the same time, he began to speak to me on the things that are on his heart. So mainly like through intercession Mm. and it would be things that are completely outside of my grid, like different nations and different things that I would not know how to pray for because I don't have a direct relationship or, you know, a connection to, but while praying, I would literally weep for people that I don't know because, and then, you know, from that experience that, Oh, God really just did something that was supernatural. Mm. There is no way that I can cry. I can't even cry for people that I love sometimes, you know, like the, wow. let alone these people I don't know. Right. And so I think, and then when I begin to see more of what his grid is and what he cares about, then it starts to change my life because now I'm thinking thoughts that are outside of me mm. and I'm getting set free from me and wow. my limitations wow. and my judgments, my thoughts and I think that begins to drive your life into, I think, the real, the real selfless life that we're called to. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <sighs> no, no, this is good. And I think, I mean, I've obviously seen it happen in real life with Lydia where like I'll see Lydia get a word. And when I say get a word, she's having a conversation with God, you know, about somebody mm-hmm. and you sh- end up sharing his heart or his thoughts with that person, which really is the most basic definition of prophecy. Right. 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 And, and then, and, and, but I guess what I'm asking is, are there any kind of examples that come to your mind of, you know, when you were, when you were able to partner with the heart of, of God mm. and to share that with a person and literally see the impact of his heart being translated through you? Mm, okay, so specifically, I guess that would be in the area of like evangelism or re- sure. prophetic ministry. Any of that. Um, there's so much. Which <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's on a day to day, literally. Yeah. But I can. Uh, I don't know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but um, it, it is lifestyle, though, right? It's like. Oh yeah. Like, doesn't become it doesn't become event it becomes lifestyle driven you know yeah i'm not even gonna hit on like the crazy ones like literally when i go to the supermarket Mm. and for me especially any chance that i get when i'm alone so if Mm. i'm going food shopping Mm. then i'm always gonna be browsing i'm Mm. not always i I won't give myself that much credit you know if i'm feeling crummy and selfish then obviously i'm not thinking about that but um but yeah like that's the I try to lean into the heart of God. Cause like literally, can you imagine life without God? Mm. Like mm. that drives me. It's like, shoot, mm. I have, I have the Holy spirit. I get mm. to go to him whenever I need him. Mm. But literally there are people that are all around that don't have that belief that don't have that source of peace. They don't wow. have that, that purpose. They don't have a reason to live in, in that bigger way that we're made for. And so I just open up myself and I ask the Lord, Lord, is there anyone you want to talk to? And um, one other, one time I was, yeah, I was meeting up with, you know, some of our friends like Minsu and uh, the girlfriends mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you know, was there too. And I parked my car and there was a, uh, a lady come on, c- coming out of her car. I just felt like at that point, you know what? 
he wasn't even telling me to go pray for her. I said, can I pray for you? Can I go and pray for you? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but the word that I got for her was that like, um, that he sees her pain and that he is with her. It's very simple, wow. but she broke down and she said, I just lost my husband two days ago. Wow. And she, she was like trembling. She's like, you wow. don't know how much this means to me. Wow. And, and it's like, you just in awe. You just you just stand in awe together and just thanking God that He would He would do that that He would break in and He would use me when I I didn't even know I don't I don't know what context that was um, that I was was doing that but yeah I mean He's willing as much as we are or more than we are if we are making ourselves available He's quick to speak Wow and let me just linger here for a second because you know. I love how even when you began, you know, you did talk about kind of the, let's just call it the bad rap that the Mm -hmm. prophetic gets, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, if you talk to certain people, you're like, hey, when you hear the word prophecy, like, what do you think of? Mm -hmm. And for some people, it's like the televangelist with the, you know, $30 suit on (laughs) and kind of conjuring up something to create a spectacle or a show. And I'm so sorry, my grandma (laughs) keeps calling me and I don't know why my thing doesn't shut down <laughs> anyways um but uh but yeah you know some people they have that image right of they see this like this this spectacle and and it and it feels so showy you know mm-hmm. and and naturally so i think anyone that watches that will watch that and be like oh it's kind of cringy you know it's mm-hmm. like if that's what's prophecy like i don't want any part of it but i i really do feel like um the reason why this podcast and i think even your voice lydia is so significant and and important is because you know you're you're grounded and rooted in such authentic relationship and i think that's what people are really longing for you know Mm -hmm. they're longing to see the supernatural not just for the supernatural sake but they want really at the end of the day people want to see love yeah you know people are thirsting for love and Mm -hmm. i think that's you know a lot of the times that's what we haven't seen, but I, I, I appreciate so much of what you're saying because there's almost this love revolution that's happening. Let's just say even in the prophetic movement yeah. that is humanizing it, making it real and making it connected to the heart, the heart of the father. I just want to say something real quick too. Like, even as I, even as I heard you share, um, about that story that you had with that lady, mm-hmm. you know, that lost the the husband, it's like, now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it, like really thinking about it and being like, man, like if you hear that, you could be like, whoa, that's such a crazy, that's such a cool story that Lydia heard something about someone that she'd never met before. Like that's the extent of where we could go with it. But if you really ponder deeper, it's like, man, this woman just went through real loss and grief mm-hmm. and God loved her enough that he would prompt one of his children to be an extension of his voice yeah. to like touch her and just think about what that did like in her heart, yeah. you know? Um, so for me, I don't know why, but like, I just wanted to emphasize that, you know, it's like the prophetic is not about the spectacle of the show. And I love what you said too, because you were even saying, you know, the reality is that sometimes as human beings, we will get it wrong or we'll operate in that but the father doesn't ever stop us, right? He's still mm-hmm. loving and correcting us. But at the end of the day, it is that it's the heart. It's the compassion of like, man, this is the love of God on display. And he wants to communicate through his people to a world that he loves so much. Yeah. Um, so I think about that. And then real quick, the second thing that I think about, and I don't know why this is just very personal for me, but, you know, um, in 2000 and uh, when was it? 2013, uh, I led a, a mission trip um, through my school, through my seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did a mission trip to Nepal and we were there for about eight days. And while we were there, um, and I don't want to take the time to tell all the stories, but we saw some pretty amazing supernatural things take place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw people get healed, like literally get healed, um, off of wheelchairs and Mm. and canes off the ground. Um, we saw people come to the Lord through public preaching, like Mm. really give their lives to the Lord. And we just saw all this like powerful stuff take place. Right. Yeah. But the reason why this story, like 
it's just so like deep in the crevice of my heart. And I feel it every time I talk about it is mm-hmm. I remember on the plane ride back, I, we were flying back to Korea from Nepal and I felt so empty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was sitting there on the plane and I was thinking about, I was like, man, we saw like so many people get healed. You know, there was so much like testimony. People Mm -hmm. were like, this is amazing. Like the team members were like, this is awesome. But I, but I couldn't, I couldn't help but to feel in that plane ride, like my heart felt so empty. Mm -hmm. And so I just leaned in and, and I was almost like kind of talking to God, but kind of talking to myself. And I said, man, we just saw all of this amazing supernatural stuff. Like, why do I feel so empty? And I felt the father say this, it was like this quietest whisper. He's like, because you did all of it without me. (laughs) And, and I think it was in that moment that I realized like, it's not really the stuff that God's after it's, it's the relationship, Yeah, you know, it's, it's the fact that like, like he really like wants uh, to do it with us. And yeah, yeah I don't know. I just, I, I don't know why I just really felt led to share that. And I, and I, and I feel like, you know, for me personally, if there's only one thing that I would love to communicate through this podcast, I mean, it would be that is, you know, it's, it's just the reality of that. Yeah. I don't know if you want to share anything, Lydia. No, that's so good. And I think it that's actually where I'm at, you know, with what God is speaking to me that like, he's really just trying to turn everything and really make it show us that everything is about him. Mm. And without him, we've lost the essence. The only reason prophetic ministry becomes supernatural is because he's supernatural. But when you keep the supernatural without keeping him, then you've just turned it into something else. It's never meant to function that way. Wow. And uh, man, it's so, it's so sad that we're so prone to do that. And, you know, I've been writing about this on my blogs and and Mm. all my posts, just like, Mm. you know, there is revival to come. There is we're going to see so much, so many signs and wonders, probably to a degree that we have not even ever seen before. Mm. Like the, like the things to come are going to be so give us so much reason to rejoice and celebrate. But like you experienced in Nepal, like literally we're going to see salvations. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see healings, but we can actually miss God in that. Yes. Like that's mind blowing to me. Yeah. And then, and then Jesus said so himself, right? In Matthew seven, Lord, Lord, yeah. they, they came to him. They said, didn't we prophesy? Wait, didn't we do all this stuff? He basically yeah. said, said the same thing to them. I don't know you mm. because the gifts of God are irrevocable. Mm. The relationship needs to be sustained. Like you, you can continue to, to operate in the blessings and the gifts and the, and the ministry or, or calling or whatever it is, you know, mm. all the things of God, mm. you can continue to operate in those things all the rest of your life. And yet mm. you are, your relationship is so dry. Your relationship, your heart is like growing dull and mm. there isn't this fresh, you know, intimacy and, and longing for him. And like, you're not, you've, you've stopped growing, you've stopped longing, you've stopped loving and, Oh man, I really, that's like the biggest thing. I think that's on my heart to, you know, even, even a minute immediately segue, like mm. that's, that's what's burning on my heart. Like we've have, we have to get this, this point real, like really down into our hearts. This is so good. Like G, this is about Jesus. This quarantine is about Jesus. Wow. <laughs> this season is about Jesus. And he's wow. trying to get us there because there is a season of harvest and abundance and revival to come and we might lose him if we are not deeply rooted in him and we haven't gotten him in this season when we've got nothing we are going to forsake him when we have everything Mm. it's not it's oftentimes we feel like we would forsake him in the suffering but it's more more so that we forsake him in the abundance and the blessings of god look at america look at south korea look at all the the nations that he's blessed from you know an in- introduction of the gospel we eventually miss the point wow and the point is jesus it's so wow. jesus help us like oh gosh you know no, this is this is so good, and and I'm about to let out a little secret nugget. I I don't know why I think in terms of like 
video games, you know how like in Zelda, there's always like that secret tunnel or that like secret treasure like yes. stage. But I want to just What's share the this. Code? <laughs> well, like, well, I mean, the 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 nugget, I mean, that's even behind this podcast. That's kind of what I'm revealing right now mm. is, you know, from day one, you know, I, I made it very clear. I'm like, this podcast is around human development, right? The story of how we just become who God's made us to be. Mm. Uh, but it's also about spiritual intelligence, right? And and I said out the gate, I said, I want to make spiritual things real, relatable, and relevant for people. But if I'm really letting the cat out the bag, I mean, at the end of the day, I would say the pinnacle or the crown of spiritual intelligence is actually communion with the divine. Yes. It's communion. It's oneness, mm-hmm. right? So spiritual intelligence can be learning how to perceive spiritual things kind of from a distance and, mm-hmm. and entering into that space but I would say the crown of spiritual intelligence, or let's just even say the, the high watermark or the goal is actually oneness with God himself. That's so good. Like yeah. nothing, you can't be more spiritually intelligent than when you are uh, in oneness with the creator himself, you know? That's so good. Um, I would love to actually land the plane like this. I'm actually getting a little, little pivot audible, but mm-hmm. I, I, it's kind of a two-part question. So kind of descending this plane, Lydia, um, I can already tell people are going to give so much feedback on this. And I think it's really going to, it's, it, I know it's, it's ministered to my heart, just even talking like this and sharing this, mm-hmm. but um, kind of two part question. Number one is as an expression of prophecy, right? As an expression of the prophetic and really God's heart, you know, one of the unique ways that you do that, right? Like, especially these days, you've been using a lot of writing and, you know, obviously it, it just comes out in the way you communicate, but one of your major ways is, is through song, you know, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, <laughs> one of your major ways is through song, right? Like you, when you go through the songwriting process, like you're literally prophesying. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that that's so much of the feedback that you get mm-hmm. from people is like that touched me at such a deep level Mm -hmm. and it really it really is because you came from the heart of god Mm. and i would love for you to maybe just share a couple minutes on that like what is that process like for you yeah i mean all my songs are deeply personal um, yeah and they were there are they are messages and and themes and truths that he's shared with me and i often process through writing. And so as I, as I write, um, sometimes it starts off as a poem or I would immediately go into songwriting. Um, and it just, I don't know, it, each song has been unique in the way that, um, it's created, but mm-hmm. it's really just to be able to wrap that up, even in prophetic melody, I think like the way it sounds and the way that like I'm, I'm deeply emotional. And so a lot of it, it's very, you know, melodramatic and like that Korean drama feel, you know, just like (laughs) it's got to hit you deep. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And so uh, it's just, it, I don't even write so much for other people as it is for me to process for myself. Mm. And, and then in that, as I'm writing, then I realize, Oh, oh, this, this is a way that God wants to speak to other people. (laughs) Like first it starts with me, but then I see his heart for others. And then, yeah, sometimes I would make it more general so that God can speak to others in their specific um, situations or whatever it is. And yeah, it's just very natural process. Wow. So really what you're saying is that it's really for you, Mm -hmm. but then as it's for you, it kind of comes out through you. Mm-hmm. And it ends up kind of just touching people. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And I feel like there's even a secret message there of even like for those of us, quote unquote, who are called to the ministry, which mm-hmm. is really just friend relationship and serving God actually. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, I think the best preachers are the ones who read for themselves. Yeah. They're not reading to preach, but they're so reading good. just to be be fed. Yeah. And then the overflow and the abundance of that becomes very powerful preaching and testimony. Mm. Um, kind of wrapping up with this, Lydia, um, you know, I know some of the things that you and I have been talking about and you actually already hit on it. So I'd love that, but it's in the midst of this quarantine, right? Cause you and I are literally recording this 
mm-hmm. over Zoom because mm-hmm. of the quarantine. But in the midst of this quarantine, I just wanted to see, is there anything more you wanted to add in terms of what you feel like the father is saying and doing as it pertains to his church, his children, and even this world? Yeah, I I feel like I hit on the major themes of him trying to turn the conversation and turn our hearts uh, to see what his narrative is in the midst of this quarantine. Mind you, there are so many narratives going on right now, right? You just turn on the TV and you're just kind of overwhelmed by how many different stories, you know, of of like what this came from, what it's about, and like, you know, Democratic, Republican, Q, you know, like there's so many stories out there and we can so easily get lost in those stories you wow. can even if not if, if it's not the public story you can get lost in your own story and most people are probably stuck there where it's like this is what's happening in my life this is how i feel and this is whatever and i can very easily justify myself mm. for staying there especially wow. for what from what our family went through right wow. i can totally be like i deserve to grieve i deserve to think about myself and take care of just my family and do what I feel like is comfortable. Mm. But that is not what God has been saying. (laughs) And that's not what God has been allowing for me to do. He's like, even when, even when it's hard right now, I'm trying to get your attention on my story. I'm trying to get your attention on what I'm doing, what Mm. I, where I want to bring you. Mm. And and it's funny because last September, when none of this went down, when everything was fine and dandy, he mm. told me something was coming. We wow. talked about it, right? Yep. I, and yep. I felt it. I felt that it was different because it wasn't. It didn't feel feel this like ethereal, like spiritual attack that was. I felt something was coming, wow. and I was shaking. I did not know it would be like this, but actually, a lot of what he's talking to me about now, mm. while I'm while we're experiencing this, now is that there is peace and abundance and restoration to come, and I'm like, wow, what? <laughs> but wow. then he brings me to passages like Jeremiah. I just read it last night, twenty nine. He's stuck mm. up in you know in the midst of the exiles. He's he's sending messages to them. He's 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 sending letters saying. You're going to be there for a while. And so just, just sit down and, mm. and wish for the wealth of the city that you're in. And, he, mm. and that was so crazy to me because that was actually the first time that I recognized the context of the verses for I have good plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That promise was given to the exiles. Wow that were sent to Babylon. They're mm-hmm. exiles because they deserved it. They they sinned against God mm-hmm. and their judgment was to be held in captivity in this mm-hmm. foreign nation. And yet that was the promise. That's so sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Daughter. This is real life. That's a, hold on. Mommy's busy. Okay. Can you give me five minutes? <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it was so mind blowing to me that wow. he gave that promise to wow. people who deserved what they were experiencing. Wow. And then right like two verses down. And then he said, but if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Mm. That's another, I'm like, oh my gosh, God, you're just so merciful and so good. And I believe that even as we're experiencing all this stuff that's going on and there's a lot of bad report, mm. I really do believe God is going to turn things around at Come a very on. practical level. And um, yeah, there's restoration and revival and all like good things to come. Mm. And you can only catch that through God right now because there's literally nothing around you telling you that, okay? The economy is not telling you that, right? The news ain't telling you that. Oh my gosh. No, you're good. You're good. Well, guys, we, I'm going to land the plane, but I want to emphasize it as we land this. What you just said, Lydia, is so significant, and I want to echo it again, and I want to just shout it from the rooftops. It's why is hearing the voice of God, I don't want to say more relevant or more important, but it really is more important now than ever. Mm -hmm. And I just want to reemphasize what you said is right now, 
there's so many narratives, there's so much freaking noise. Mm. And if we don't learn how to sift through the noise and discover the real frequency, the only frequency that really matters, right? Yes. If we don't tune into that voice, then we will get swept up in the airwaves of what the narratives are saying. And we're really, you know, really at the end of the day, we're, we're missing out on the golden truth, right? Yeah. Um, I just want to say this. I, I know your kids are probably waking up. Uh, <laughs> Lydia, appreciate it so much. Uh, again, you guys, I'm so thankful to have Lydia on here I'm pretty sure we're going to do a follow-up, but Lydia is amazing mother, songwriter. I don't even know how to describe you. Prophetic voice, <laughs> friend of God, all of the above. Um, Lydia, if people want to connect with you or if, if people want to find out more of just even things that God's putting on your heart, where can they find you? Yeah. Uh, Instagram, I'm most updated there. It's okay. at Lydia Yoon Music. Yeah at Lydia Yoon Music. Guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into this awesome episode. Um, As always, uh, if you are feeling this, if this is resonating with you, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. This only grows our exposure and allows the message to go forth. Lydia, would you like to say goodbye? Bye Bye-bye, friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. God bless you guys. Be good. Peace.